AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the crop insurance industry. With increasing commodity prices, higher price volatility, and rising input costs, America's farmers and ranchers are relying on crop insurance more now than ever before to provide individualized protection and to secure operating loans. Protecting 256 million acres of farmland and 350 commodities across the U.S., crop insurance is the primary safety net for many farmers, enabling them to supply our country with food and fiber year after year. Crop insurance, providing peace of mind now and for the next generation of agriculture. And now, AgriPulse Open Mic. Representative Jim Costa from California, thank you for joining us on AgriPulse Open Mic. It's good to be on AgriPulse uh, Open Mic and uh, looking forward to uh, talking about such important issues as the Farm Bill that's coming up. I note that you, even though you've only been in the House since 2005, are really a veteran Democrat on the House Ag Committee. Uh, What have you and other Democrats been doing to bring these freshmen or at least uh, just in the second term, congresspersons, up to speed on writing a new farm bill? Well, it's important because with the turnover, we have a large amount of both uh, uh, Republican and Democratic freshman members of the House Ag Committee, and uh, they come from all different parts of the country, and they don't have the experience of the 2008 farm bill. Uh, Many of them don't have the experience of the... um, efforts uh, last year, the last two years, the uh, ones who just got elected last November. So uh, both uh, Chairman Lucas and uh, Ranking Member Peterson and and I think some of uh, those of us who have uh, been involved in this for five, six years or longer, in my case this is my ninth year, uh, are trying to explain, you know, the the progress that has been made, the the fact that uh, We've reduced uh, the amount of uh, total dollars that have been spent on uh, the Farm Bill from the 2008 to the prior 2004 Farm Bill, and uh, our efforts last year were going to, again, be a effort to, to save additional money and provide changes in areas uh, from the uh, program crops to uh, the conservation areas as well as the dairy tile. And um, so, I mean, that that part uh, involves an education process, and I think it takes Republicans and Democrats working together to um, indicate where we've been and where we are today and uh, the challenges that we're going to face this year if we're successfully going to produce a farm bill. Do you think that the markup is truly going to be on May 15th? Well, I don't know if it's going to actually be on May 15th, but uh, it's my uh, hope and belief in my conversations with the chairman and the ranking member that uh, hopefully sometime in the middle of May we're going to sit down and and have a markup. Now, obviously, sometimes events occur that make changes, but at this point in time, I'm not aware that that is, um, is what's going to happen. And um, I know that uh, Chairman Lucas has been... Uh, working with his leadership to uh, uh, deal with some of the issues that had come up last year that prevented it from coming to the House floor, which I think was unfortunate because I think with the Senate uh, bipartisan proposal that had come out, the bipartisan proposal that we voted out last July by 35 
to 11 votes, that we could have reached a, a con consensus uh, in a conference committee. But we know it didn't happen, and I think uh, many of us have indicated to the Speaker we can't go on with another one-year extension of the farm programs and expect uh, uh, support uh, to be there. Congressman, you set in a, an interesting place as we move toward this farm bill, especially on the SNAP program or supplemental nutrition. There were $16 billion in cuts in it last go-around. Do you see any different situation as it comes up this year in the markup session in the near future? Well, I, I think that uh, we'll find a, a, a number of my House uh, Democratic uh, colleagues that will oppose the cuts uh, regardless of what level uh, they are. Uh, there will be some on the Republican side who will believe that they're not they're not big enough. Uh, and so we'll have both of those sides making those arguments. And I think uh, what we have to convince members of the committee is that this is a work in progress and that we need to get a bill out of the uh, committee and we need to get a bill out of the House floor and we get the conference and we'll have to make compromises in a conference committee bill. And uh, I think that's what's going to occur at the end of the day. There are certain reforms, I think, that uh, Congressman uh, Peterson and I have looked at with regards to the SNAP program. And, and uh, But uh, the nutrition programs, we must remember, uh, provide a very important safety net. We've had difficult times in this recession uh, over the last uh, four years. And, uh, uh, and point of fact, uh, when... Uh, folks who, who don't have sufficient economic means to, to get uh, a decent, healthy uh, diet each day, uh, those foods, uh, food stamps, the SNAP program, also consume a lot of agricultural products. So, um, you know, those are products that people are consuming. <clears throat> and so we should not lose sight of that fact either. Your family knows the dairy business. Three generations of... Um, of uh, costas have been in the dairy business. Speaker Boehner has made it clear that he opposes the supply management portion of that legislation. So do you expect some type of compromise this year? Uh, I, I do, and let me tell you why. Uh, we've had over 100 bankruptcies in, the, uh, in dairies in California over the last year. It's been a difficult time while much of American agriculture has done well and <clears throat> various commodity pro crops uh, the dairy industry has been hard hit, not just in California, but around the country. And uh, we know that, frankly, many of the uh, dairy programs that have been put in, in past farm bills over the years really don't work anymore. And uh, therefore, uh, the reform that was proposed in last year's dairy title, I think, is uh, important. It, it eliminates a number of the programs that were no longer effective. It creates an insurance an insurance program as a safety net, but that insurance program, I think, has to be uh, balanced with <clears throat> trying to ensure that supply uh, stays within the demand, and there has to be some sort of tool or mechanism to do that. Now, to address Speaker Boehner's concerns, whether there's some way that we, we modify or provide uh, some changes, uh, I think people are willing to listen to. Uh, but the fact is, is that uh, uh, dairy producers uh, have been hard hit, and uh, if if that those bust and boom cycles continue as they have in the last decade, uh, we're going to have more instability 
within the dairy industry, within producers. And uh, while processors may like a, a, a ready uh, supply of inexpensive milk, uh, the uh, producers, dairymen and dairywomen, need to be able to have um, uh, their monthly, uh, as we used to say on the farm, cream check, uh, exceed their monthly feed bill. I mean, when their input costs exceed uh, the amount that they're getting for their, their, their milk check each month, you can't stay in business like that long. And I'm not talking about dairies that have gotten leveraged. I'm just talking about sound dairy men and women who have been in this business for generations. So I think, you know, there's a way we can work through this. And uh, we've uh, expressed that to Speaker Boehner, many of us individually. And I think he wants to produce a farm bill at the end of the day. So I don't think that... Uh, I just got to believe that there's a way we can work through this as we reform the dairy title in the bill. I want to ask you about the farm bill itself and trying to get it passed. But it looks like that those on the left and those on the right could beat the middle. Do you think that the Democrats can stay in the middle enough to vote this farm bill through? Uh, Congressman Peterson and I uh, did uh, vote count uh, last year, and we think that uh, we could have gotten a bill out of the House uh, by a bipartisan uh, uh, vote. Uh, and um, while obviously a lot of members uh, have uh, have turned over as a result of last November's election, uh, we're we're doing our due diligence, and I think if we uh, produce a a well thought out farm bill that provides reform in the in, in the program crops, uh, reductions in, in various uh, conservation programs and, uh, and changes and reforms in the nutrition programs. Uh, while the numbers that we've, we, we put in committee or that may be in the House will probably not be the final numbers when we go to conference with a, a Senate bill, uh, ultimately, I think we can we can produce this. You got to remember, in 2008, the, um, the farm bill was the only piece of legislation that followed regular order and was passed sent to the president. Uh, he vetoed the farm bill. We came back and overrode his veto, and uh, he subsequently vetoed it one more time, and we passed it uh, um, a second time, and it became law. So. Uh, traditionally, the farm bill is one of the most bipartisan things we do here in Congress. Now, clearly, uh, there will be differences between the right and the left, and um, you know some dynamics have changed. But I think, at the end of the day, when we explain the importance of a farm bill, from research to market access programs to conservation programs to funding that is provided for detection and eradication of uh, infestations. When we look at assistance for rural development in our rural communities throughout America, uh, we can make a strong case on why we need to have a farm bill. And I'm, not, <clears throat> I'm not even mentioning the crop insurance, which is the you know bottom line safety net for many many of the commodities that are growing throughout America. So there's a lot of need out there, and we're being responsible by taking uh, various cuts as we must do in every level of government. And I will hope very much that uh, as we, we vet through this markup that we'll find uh, more individual members of Congress that understand that um, we're trying to find a balanced approach for the reauthorization of the Farm Bill. 
Representative Jim Costa, let me turn to an area that surely has to be center stage for you in California, and that is the immigration bill that's now being considered by the Senate. It seems to have bipartisan support. I wonder if it addresses the needs of the growers in your district. Well, I've been involved in comprehensive immigration reform for years. I supported uh, the um, Kennedy-McCain proposal in, in 2005 and 2006 that President Bush very much wanted us to reach an agreement on. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. <clears throat> I've supported efforts um, throughout uh, the ag jobs that Congressman Berman and Senator Feinstein and I worked on uh, in the ensuing time period. And um, as I told a group uh, that were up here last week, as we were working on the negotiations on the Senate side and, and on the House side, farmers need farm workers, and farm workers need farmers. And we continue to sometimes forget that uh, farmers cannot produce this incredible bounty of agricultural products, the highest highest quality anywhere in the world uh, that are nutritious and healthy at some of the best yields that any producers could, could even imagine and can compete anywhere with agricultural producers throughout the world uh, without the hard work uh, of the people in the fields. And uh, so having worked on our family's farm, and I still farm today, uh, 120 acres of almonds in west of Fresno, uh, while farming's changed a lot in the last two decades, the need to have a stable workforce is not. And this is not only uh, throughout America hard, hard-working jobs, but these are skilled jobs, and they are jobs that uh, require technical training uh, for many of the mechanized equipment that is utilized uh, in the fields and in the processing uh, packing houses and, and, and such. In addition to that, uh, these are, uh, in some cases, uh, you know, uh, year-round jobs, uh, milking cows and, and uh, many of the other agricultural jobs that uh, are so important to producing um, the incredible amount of products that we uh, grow in, in America. So uh, comprehensive immigration reform, when we understand that in many cases, like California, where 70% of our farm worker uh, population is here undocumented or illegal. And that makes almost an impossible situation. And when you have those kinds of circumstances, it's not good for the farmers, it's not good for the farm workers. And so we have to change the status quo. The comprehensive immigration reform package that the Senate has produced that has the support not only of Republicans and Democrats alike, but also has the support of farm organizations throughout the country and the farm worker organizations as well, uh, I think um, addresses those concerns. It addresses the issue of the average wage. It addresses the issues of the visa caps. And uh, it allows farmers to have a stabilized workforce. And so for all of those reasons, I think uh, we have to uh, hopefully do the same kind of good work on the House side that they've done on the Senate uh, so that we can get comprehensive immigration reform <clears throat> to the president uh, and have the bill on his desk, hopefully by July. There's one more bill that is of 
interest, especially across the Midwest, and that is the attempt right now to be able to repeal the renewable fuel standard. What's your view on the RFS keeping it in its current form or modifying it in some way? We have to modify the renewable fuel standards, otherwise known as the RFS standards, uh, simply for the reason that I think most of us have have concluded that they are price distorting uh, as it relates to feedstock industries. I'm talking about dairy, I'm talking about beef, I'm talking about poultry, I'm talking about the pork industry. All those industries that rely on a steady, uh, affordable supply of feedstock, the grains, the corn, primarily, uh, to support those those livestock industries have had a circumstance where in a period of a little over five years, we've seen corn go from $2 a bushel uh, to $7 a bushel. And um, that is a, um, a tremendous increase that we've seen. And uh, I have a poultry uh, plant uh, in, in my district, uh, Foster Farms, that indicates that their feed bill in that ensuing time period has increased uh, over $255 million. Uh, I think there's numerous other examples. The dairy industry has been hard hit, as we discussed earlier, in part because feed costs have risen so rapidly. Uh, they had hoped last year to... Um, before the drought set in in the Midwest to produce over 13 billion bushels of corn. Um, but obviously those, that, that, that goal was not reached because of the drought conditions. And over yet over 40% of the corn produced in the United States was converted to ethanol. So when you take those factors into consideration, I think it's clear for many of us that the RFS standards need to be modified. And so Congressman Goodlot and I and others on a bipartisan basis uh, have legislation this year that will provide a modification to the renewable fuel standards for all of those reasons. Congressman Jim Costa, I want to thank you very much for your participation and comments on AgriPulse Open Mic. Well, thank you very much. It's always good to be a part of uh, of the efforts that each and every one of you do to provide the information to our farmers or our, our, our ranchers and, and dairymen and all of the hardworking folks that uh, in agricultural communities throughout this country who, uh, as, as the song goes, nobody does it better. And, uh, and I'm very proud to represent a large part of that agricultural uh, industry, that ag- agricultural productivity. My family's been a part of it for three generations, and I'll continue to be an advocate for U.S. agriculture coming from California and, and, and the farm country there, and uh, a problem solver. And that's what we're trying to do with the Farm Bill. AgriPulse Open Mic has been brought to you by the crop insurance industry, providing peace of mind now and for the next generation of agriculture. I'm Ken Root.